Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck, Nicks? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is the WTF podcast. Welcome to it. How you holding up? Are you all right? Are you keeping it together? Just take a breath. Just take a breath. It doesn't matter where you are. If you're in your car, if you're on the treadmill, if you're a climbing Everest, well, I, yeah, don't don't go crazy with the breath. I know how that goes. And also, get down. Just get the fuck down. Seriously, turn around and go. It's not it's not worth it. Just just pretend like you made it. Make it in your mind. Climb Everest in your head and consider yourself victorious. Do that. That's self-empowering. What's happening? I am uh, I am happy to say that I got James Hetfield from uh, Metallica here. Metallica. I, honestly, I was not teenage during the uh, the rise and reign of Metallica. So uh, my my knowledge and connection was not one of whose uh, post-pubescent years were altered by Metallica. I did not have Metallica coursing through my cock as it moved into the world. But, uh, you know, I did take it in. I, I'll explain a little bit my relation with, uh, with Metallica in a second. I do want to bring it uh, to everyone's attention that uh, I will be touring. Some of you know that. I've got a lot of tour dates coming up in January, February, March, and April, mostly in February March and April. I will be in Tallahassee, Florida at the Ruby Diamond Concert Hall on January 24th. I'll be at the Carolina Theater in Durham, uh, February 17th. The Knight Theater in Charlotte, February 18th. I'll be at the Ridgefield Playhouse in Ridgefield, Connecticut, March 2nd. The Music Hall in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, March 3rd. Olympia de Montreal uh, in Montreal, Quebec, March 4th. The Danforth Music Hall in Toronto, Ontario. That's sold out on March 5th. College Street Music Hall in New Haven, March 10th. Troy Savings Bank Music Hall, March 11th. Flynn Center in Burlington, Vermont, March 12th. I'll be in Oakland at the Fox Oakland, uh, March 24th. I'll be at the Moore Theater in Seattle, March 25th. I'll be at the Vogue Theater in Vancouver on March 26th. Paramount Theater, Austin, Texas, March 31st. Boulder Theater, Boulder, Colorado, April 7th. Paramount Theater in Denver, Colorado, April 8th. Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon on April 21st. Aladdin Theater in Portland, Oregon again on April 22nd. I'll be at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee on the 27th of April. 
the Orpheum in Madison, April 28th, the Pantages in Minneapolis on the 29th, two shows at the Pantages. I believe we're shooting a special there. I'll be at the Miriam Theater in Philly, May 12th, and the Warner Theater in D.C. on May 13th. Woo, doggy. And those are all the dates. If I didn't get to your city uh, this tour, get to one of the cities I mentioned because I don't know how much longer. I don't know when the next tour will be because I'm going to lay back and uh, put shit together at my own pace. Tired of rushing. There's no struggle. There will be a struggle, but it's not with me. Yeah, so this will be the last tour for a while. I'll be doing dates here and there, but... um, and I'll get out. You know, I, I, you know, I say these things. I'm being dramatic. But I do want some downtime to sort through stuff. Because I'll tell you, these last couple of weeks, aside from mentally preparing for the tremendous shift in the uh, fabric of the country and the world that happens this month, I, um, I've enjoyed uh, the downtime to sort of like regroup, dig into my own life, you know, figure out where I stand, watch some compelling, informative uh, documentaries, read some books, searched through shit. I just watched Adam Curtis's earlier doc, The Century of the Self, which was, again, a nice preface to the new one, Hypernormalization, which has really shifted my perception. And also, uh, as bleak as it all is, it's very relieving how much of it was seemingly out of my control personally. Um, I think balls were dropped, but... Uh, not necessarily mine directly, and perhaps with the new perception, uh, we can move forward with uh, with open eyes a bit. Uh, I regret to say, because I know I, I know a lot of you hold on to uh, to these expectations. I regret to say there'll be no guitar playing at the end of today's show because I've injured myself. I've lopped off a piece of my finger. That's the price you pay for getting a new knife for Christmas. All my knives are just dull enough not to slice a piece of my fucking finger off. So I was gifted this beautiful big new knife and I was excited about it because I enjoy a sharp knife, but I think ultimately I'd gotten used to my semi-sharp knives and I wasn't afraid of them or did I think twice about them. They were sharp enough, but I had, I had surrendered to the idea that these were the knives I've been given. But someone sent me a new knife and the other day I was cutting through some tofu and uh, cutting them into cubes so I could uh, fry them up a bit for my girl Sarah, who's a veggie. And I I eat better when I date vegetarians. That's not why I'm dating her. And uh, I slice down, and you know that that first ping, that that little like, ooh, that that is a bad feeling on my skin. But you know exactly what that feeling is. It's not pain at first. It's just I've cut my finger how bad is it? You have no idea until you pull it out and there's blood going all over a, a big chunk of tofu. Bloody tofu. That's not on the menu. And I look at it. And look, I've been in the restaurant game. I did my time in delis. I did my time as a short order cook. I sliced through my fucking thumb cutting a bagel, needed four stitches. I've lopped off the tip of that same thumb on a slicer, not paying attention, moving through some roast beef. Yeah, I've had to wrap the bloody restaurant rag washcloth around my hand as I was driven to the hospital with my hand out the window, elevated up like some sort of bloody turn signal. 
I've been there. I've been through those restaurant wars when I was a younger man. So I was familiar with the situation. So I pulled my finger out. Blood's coming out of it. And there was a flap. Just a flap on my pointer finger. Just a flap of skin. Nice little circle. Just lopped off a little... Just a tip with prints and everything. Just gushing blood. Sarah's getting nauseous. Got to clean it out. Dump some peroxide on it. The flap is barely holding on. You don't know what to do in that moment. Because you know... Those of you who have been through this, I'm going to walk you through it, that if you lop a piece of your finger off, if you don't try to salvage the flap of skin or however much finger you, you cut off, then you've got that weird open raw thing that's got a scab da- you know, down below the nerves and uh, it's tedious and very sensitive for a long time. So you want to try to, you want to, try to save that flap. I knew I couldn't get it stitched on because if I would have went to the emergency room, I would have waited, would have cost me some bread, and they would have said, we're not going to stitch it, we're just going to cut that shit off and put some goo on top of it and dress it. So I'm thinking, we're going to save it, man. We're going to save that flap. So I put it on, peroxide it, cleaned it out, put some Neosporin, gauzed it up, and I've been uh, gauze dressing it twice a day, and uh, I think the flap is taking. And that's going to be the name of my new CD. But uh, I think the flap is taking, and I'm, I'm just amazed and obsessed with the miracles of the human body. I hope it takes. It's not, it hasn't turned black, it hasn't dried up, hasn't fallen off. It's, it's a perfect little circle on the tip of my finger, and I'm just keeping it dressed, and I'm not fucking ramming it into anything. And uh, I'll be so proud of my skin if it takes. James Hetfield, Metallica. I got the opportunity to talk to him. He was out making the rounds. I was uh, happy to talk to him, but nervous as I usually am when you talk to a recording artist that has many records out. Uh, you may know a couple, but uh, depending on your fanness, I knew obviously Metallica. I know some Metallica records. I listened to the new record. I enjoyed it because most Metallica stuff I'm coming to with fresh ears. I went through their whole catalog. I. I tracked the evolution, but again, my dick wasn't into it. Like I wasn't, you know, the, it did not, it, it did not interface with my rage complex. Uh, when I was younger, my rage was not as defined. And, uh, you know, I was sort of, uh, as you know, blues based brain. ACDC was my metal guy. And I don't know if they're metal. I'd consider them more hard rock, but ACDC, they were them, but I was not specifically metal. You know, metal is metal. I mean, when I was in high school, you know, Judas Priest was around, but I didn't lock in. I wasn't locked in. It didn't integrate with my teenage sexual frustration and general angst. So I did not have that emotional, visceral connection to the music of Metallica. So I came to it all with open mind and open heart, and I enjoyed it, and I love the new record. But it's interesting, you know, because I, I, um, I, I inherited all these records, I told you about that woman, Kristen, who gave me her dad's records. Well, I've been going through them. Some of them I had, some of them I didn't need, some of them I hadn't heard in a while. Some of them were completely new to me. But point is, a lot of Jethro Tull. I mean, like a lot of Jethro Tull. Now, look, I'll be honest with you. I saw Tull when I was in high school, I believe, in Albuquerque. I remember because we went and my buddy Chris tried to smuggle a half pint or a pint of Southern Comfort in, in his sock. And we got it in. And then when we jumped the, uh, the guardrail to get down into the pit from the, from the outside seats, the grandstand seats, 
the bottle broke and cut his leg open. I don't remember what happened after that, but I do remember that happened. I don't think we went to the hospital, but it was not a good situation. But I think Southern Comfort has curative powers, both as a, as a drink, uh, an anesthetic, and also as, a, as an antiseptic a cleanser of wounds. So I did see Tull. Tull did not stay with me. But since uh, I had all these records, I was listening to some Tull. I listened to Aqualung. I listened to Benefit. I listened to Living in the Past because I had these records. And it was weird because there's a couple of songs on Aqualung that I think that Metallica could cover. There was a tonal similarity. So I was able to track some of the hard rock, hard metal roots, especially the way Metallica does it, where you're moving through you know, slower songs, more ballad. Not, they're not ballad, but they're definitely slow and thoughtful. Even the singing a little bit. I didn't bring this up with Hetfield because it happened after I talked to him. My second wife, Mishna, was a complete fucking metalhead. So I went through eight years of that. I mean, we had in our house, there was a room and a full shelf dedicated to uh, metal action figures, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica. There was a lot of uh, metal in the house at that time. So I, I don't know if I grew to appreciate it then or resent it, but it was around. What I'm saying is I'm open. Metallica's good music and the new record is good. And I was excited to talk to Mr. Hetfield. And uh, the new record is called Hardwired to Self-Destruct. It's out now. And this is me and James talk. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare Prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcast. Podcasts. Are you good? Is it good in your head? <laughs> Is what good in my head? <laughs> anything? Anything good in Is my head? Is there anything good in your head? <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. good. I mean, I lived in the Bay Area, and you guys are very, or you were at least very present socially in the Bay Area. Like, I knew people that were like, oh, yeah, Lars's house. Like, you know, people had stories about this or that. Uh-huh. And, but you didn't, you, you're not indigenous to the Bay Area. You're from here. Yeah, I grew up in Downey. Now, what is, what is out in Downey? Uh, right now? <laughs> but, like, when you grew up, I have a hard time picturing it, because I think I talked to, you know, Dave Alvin and, and Phil Alvin. They came from the outskirts somewhere. But I have no sense of what the outskirts of Los Angeles are. Yeah, Downey is, uh, gosh, when I was growing up, it was basically, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of suburbia, yeah. you know, there was the mall down the street and, uh, it was a great place to grow up, the mall. cool neighborhood, uh, I could walk to, or ride my bike to every school, right? you know, elementary, middle school, high school, 
Um, Just American Townie land. Pretty much. I think I uh, right now there is somewhere a like a poster or something written on like one of these big electrical boxes that are on the corners. Yeah, is uh, the home of uh, James Hetfield, and on the other side. And the Carpenters. So there you go. <laughs> they must have switched it at some point. Yeah, I like, think they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. The Carpenters were definitely bigger news than me, <laughs> for sure. A little while ago. Not anymore. You beat them out. That's so, weird. Finally. They came from there, too? Yeah, they did. I remember growing up, uh, we would drive to church. And on yeah. the way there, there was, uh, there was a close to me and, gosh, I can't remember what. But yeah. there were the names of the condo apartment buildings that they owned. So oh. the Carpenters owned some apartments so they had business. There. They were business people, they small were. business owners in Downey. They were thinking ahead. Real estate you know? people. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the brother's still alive. I think so. There was. A, did you ever hear that movie, the no. Karen Carpenter story that uh, that uh, was done by Todd Haynes uh, with just Barbie dolls? That was, It's great. It's a genius. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So Downey, you're on your way to church. You yeah. drive by the condos. What kind of church? Uh, Christian Science. Oh, my God. Yeah. So driving there, and I thought, you know, oh, wow, the Carpenters, they own apartments? Yeah. They, they're, they've made it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got to beat them out on an electrical box at some point. Yeah, yeah, and you did it. You did it. <laughs> I did. How, now, like Christian scientists, that's a, what's her name? Eddie? Is that her? What's the the woman? Mary Baker Eddie? Yeah, that's a big. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was in Boston and they had a big Christian scientist thing there. And yeah, they, it was a it's a interesting concept. My did parents, you get out of it? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. And yeah, I mean. You know, did you get out of it? Was it a cult? Yes, it was a cult. I was. Well, they're all cults. Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. I was. Yep. Some cults are better than others. I agree. You know I what agree. I mean? They they can work. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're not hurting anybody. Hey, the metallic cult is doing well, <laughs> alive and well right now, man. Sure is, man. <laughs> that new like that new record is like it's great. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's really great, and I, you know, it's like I haven't followed you the whole way, and like, like we're like the exact same age. So when I was in high school. You know, we were listening to different things, but I think that like a lot of times I would imagine with Metallica that a lot of your fans start when they're in high school. I'd imagine so. Right. Just pissed off. (laughs) They're pissed off and hate life and wish they were somewhere else. Well, the weird thing about this record was that I'm listening to it like recently and uh, and as a grown person. A grown-up man who who wasn't programmed by the Metallica cult in high school. <laughs> I was like, "Holy Yet. shit!" This, yeah, right. You're gonna get me. <laughs> I was like, "This is good fucking rock." I mean, I was like, "It was." I was all in the whole time, all the way through. Nice. And then, I'm, and then I listened to most of your catalog in the last three days. So I, I've 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 witnessed the whole evolution of you and the fellas. Like in like 78 hours. You're brave. You're brave. Well, it was just interesting to hear you singing on the first three records. And then at some point he's like, there's a voice. Yeah. You know, can you. His balls dropped. Wow. (laughs) Or at least one of them did. Can you hear one of the three? Can you listen to that stuff? (laughs) I I have to. It's on the radio. I mean, I don't have to listen to it. But like the really old stuff, like the first three records. Do you ever go back? I don't particularly put them on, but if we're rehearsing a song that we haven't played in a long time, you know, I'll go back and listen to it. Or, yeah. gosh, uh, all right, hockey fans, San Jose Sharks, you go and we go to the Shark Tank yeah. and watch the Sharks play. Seek and Destroy is their 
you know, skating out music. Yeah. And I can't believe it's like, are you kidding me? This is horrible. This sounds terrible. Get a remixed version. Come on. You should just you give know? it to him. Show up and give the it to him. Skating the scene. You know, it's, it's this little little kid, man. Maybe you should fucking do do one specifically for them. That's a good idea. We should. So yeah. when when did you start uh singing? Know? Well no. <laughs> Finally, no. <laughs> I, I kind of hear it. it's like the fourth album, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> where, where do you consider it happening? I think the black album. I, I don't know. It's all singing. It's all me, and yeah. it's, it's well, exactly where I was. Yeah. You know, and that's as good as I could do back then, and this is as good as I can do now. And who knows? Well, I think that's what makes it such a unique voice is that you're just you know you're not trying to be anything else. You're just figuring it out, right? <laughs> exactly. That's kind of what I do everywhere, even right now. I'm thinking out loud. And sometimes it works. Keep sometimes going. it doesn't. Keep going. I thought the three ball thing was very good. It was a nice riff. It was good. But, but how do you get from like you know driving around in the car and Downey? Like when do you? Uh, when does the? When does the shit switch in your head where rock and roll becomes essential? Like when did you start? You know, waking up to the power of 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 rock to to make you feel better. Right. Well, that's a. It's an easy. <laughs> Easy memory for me to access. Uh, really? It was uh, freshman, well, it was the beginning of sophomore year in uh, Downey High when I showed up for football practice again. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd been on the freshman team, showed up in the summer to start, you know, rehearsing. Yeah. To start practice. <laughs> Getting the act together. <laughs> and uh, I showed up and I had long hair. Yeah. And the coach just said, hey, yeah, you, you know, you're going to have that cut you know by yeah. next week yeah i said uh why <laughs> like well because it's sticking out of your helmet you know it's like oh that's the that's the limit right there the <laughs> helmet you know and it's like yeah but I, i'm playing in a band and i like music and it's like well you can't you can't do that so i never came back that was it <laughs> fuck you yeah um in my head yeah i, I still had to graduate but, right you, you made know, a quiet choice year I, yeah, a quiet fuck you and uh uh and just got into music. That was it. My brother, I have two older half brothers, um, ten years older than I. So oh, really? They, they had music. They were in bands. Whose kids were they? Your mom's? Yeah. 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 Same mom. Uh, so my brother was in a band uh, called The Bitter End. And they were, uh, you know, they had like purple and black suits all matching and big thick belts, and they were playing, you know, Jimi Hendrix covers. And, oh yeah, and stuff. Was like he a that. guitar player? And, uh, drummer. Oh, he was a drummer. Drummer. So yeah. no guitars in the house. There was guitars in the house. There was yeah. a piano. There was drum kit. So I, I'm eventually going to play drums. Really? That's Just, what you're moving towards? That's well, <laughs> this is this is this is hot news right Breaking now. News? I've never told anyone, but yeah. <laughs> I'm working on being a drummer at some point. Are you really? Yeah, and Lars wants to sing, so it's a good, it's a good, good trade. Yeah, so that that'll be well, the, a more relaxed. Album. Not for the listener, but good trade for us. <laughs> Have you tried it? Drums? No, I no. Love. I mean, like, have you switched up in the oh, studio? Oh, yeah, we have. In the studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we no, we did it live. Yeah. We, we, in concert. Oh, you, you know? do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a song called Am I Evil that's not the most difficult song to play. Uh, so we would just switch up, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Kirk could play bass and, you know, uh, we would just switch the whole thing up. What Lars, else does Lars play? Nothing. He just ran around and, and he was like a madman. It's so yeah. funny. Cause a lot he of mad had Robert's no, kind of a madman too. Oh, there's no doubt about it. But <laughs> yeah. you know, Lars wanted to be the you know front man. Oh, hey, yeah. I don't want a guitar. I just run around. Yeah, and do by the 
end of the first verse, he was yeah. winded because he ran all over the place. He was trying to be like like uh, Bruce Dickinson <laughs> yeah. or something, jumping yeah. off everything and yeah. doing the splits. And, yeah. yeah. And then he, yeah, that he was it. He had to take a rest. He had to take a break. Well, I think that was uh, his his fantasy in, you know, a five-minute song, and then he was done. <laughs> yeah, got it out of his system. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So your, your brother was playing Hendrix covers, wearing the matching outfits and stuff. Yeah. Where, when did you start learning how to play music? Well, I think I fiddled around with it when I was a kid just because the instruments were around. Who played guitar in the house? Uh, my older brother. Oh, he, he had a... It was pretty much just an acoustic guitar. Uh-huh. But, you know... They, my, not the drummer brother, the other one? Yeah, Chris yeah. is his name. David, the younger brother. He uh, he ha- he was in a band, and they would rehearse in our garage, and they weren't supposed to. And right. one of those things where, you know, okay, the parents are gone. He's calling everyone up. Come on over. We're going to jam. And then <laughs> and I go out there, and wow. Yeah. And just everything about it, yeah. the noise, the, the fact that they weren't supposed to be doing yeah. it. <laughs> was there a couple of smoking <clears throat> girls sitting around watching? I don't remember that part. Because he uh, was always like in the rehearsal space, there's always like one or two chicks. Just like, like yeah, oh, it's just a friend of ours yeah. down the street. Yeah. 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 And, um, our first groupie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't remember that part? I don't remember yeah. that part, but I'm sure that came in soon after that. But, uh, you know, the whole, just the smell. Yeah. The smell of the amps, the yeah. smell of the tubes cooking. Yeah. Uh, there was something exciting about, you know, the leather. Yeah. Uh, on the amp yeah know, or the vinyl the gear baking the gear <laughs> yeah. smelled and uh and then you know parents coming home soon oh get, everyone get out of here and then scrambling with equipment yep and then uh they you know hey what are you guys doing and i hey eddie let me play his his guitar or yeah. and i played the keyboards they're like what <laughs> you blew it yeah my You're brother's right. like tell me <laughs> Oh, sorry. So that was like right when he started to get... Did you take lessons? I took piano lessons after that. You know, I think what had happened is we had a piano in the house, yeah. but I wanted to play drums. So I, but that was just... I'm just banging on the piano, doing rhythms. Right. And they thought, oh, he's a, he's a piano player. He wants to play piano. So yeah. I took that for three years in elementary school and uh, hated almost every minute of that it. That probably helped though, right? Oh, in it retrospect? totally helped. I am super grateful that my... My, you know, my mom thought to, hey, let's do that. It was at, you know, some old lady's house. Right. It stunk and it, you know, cookies at the end was definitely the best part. But you learned how to read music? Yep. Learned how to read music. Classical learn. shit? Yep. Yeah. Yep. that Because that plays in, man. Well, left and right hand doing different stuff yeah. and singing. So yeah. there's like three things going on. So I'm there's no doubt that helped me with my ear and it helped me with... uh you know, just uh, being able to sing and play at the same time. And some of this stuff, like structurally, it seems is not like, you know, you're not like a traditional kind of blues-based band. No. It no. sounds, it seems like you kind of like, you know, you get a- around that. And it seems like it's almost classical sometimes. Right. It's definitely machinery and classical kind of together. I think, uh, uh, like you said, the piano yeah. uh, has you know different voicings and right. layers and stuff, and it's not just stripped down blues at all. Yeah, you know we you know we messed around that with that for a little while, but you know always felt a little orchestral, you know, yeah, or- orchestral even. Yeah, because I noticed like and it was, it's interesting too. Like and maybe I'm being crazy because like I, again like I don't have the whole catalog in my head, but this this record, the new record, because I'm like a you know I'm more of a you know, a hard rock guy than, you know, than I am like a thrash metal guy. Mm-hmm. But like, it seems like there's, like you open up with the fucking, you know, right away. But then like, it seems like there's a little more, a little more space with some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Like, it seemed like you guys were, like Kirk, 
and you were doing like it wasn't uh it, it seemed like some of the licks actually uh had some air to them mm-hmm. and, like almost bluesy Am I, is that wrong for me to say no no <laughs> dude you're listening to music you can't listen to it wrong right I mean, <laughs> but was that intentional was it like do you feel like you're more relaxed I think so. I mean, after 35 years of doing what we're doing, we're pretty confident in what <laughs> yeah. we it, we've, we're getting better. You yeah. know, we're we're kind of carving our own sound out. You know, still, <laughs> still. <laughs> but I think, like what you said about, uh, you know, you you open up, just bash them in the face, yeah, and then hit them with some melody, <laughs> and then come back, and just when they think they're they're safe, yeah. boom again, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Dynamics have always been a big part for us, yeah. And so when we did, for instance, we did the uh, the the uh, S and M album with the 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 symphony, yeah, uh, in the Bay Area, that was like the ultimate like power trip where we felt you know, well, the passion that we share here is is the power of music and building and 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 coming back down yeah. and dynamics and yeah so uh that must have been exciting oh super full super orchestra amazing. yeah did you do it at, uh where, did, where, did, where was it recorded symphony hall it was uh we tried it in san francisco it was we were <laughs> we were a little too loud for that place for some reason <laughs> yeah uh you know basically a lot of the symphony halls are 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 designed acoustically for acoustic instruments yeah, nice wooden things <laughs> yes and exactly. strings and some horns uh, so we did it we did it in berkeley uh-huh and it uh came out quite awesome and uh a little side note in- interesting thing the uh the uh well the artist skrillex yeah who was somewhat popular he uh one. he was yeah. in the audience uh-huh at that gig uh-huh yeah uh, and he's in the video He's got blonde hair back then, and he was the kid that's trying to stage dive. <laughs> really? Stage dive at the symphony. So you're plinking around on the piano with an old lady eating cookies. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, and then, like, at what point do uh, do, do you find, uh, uh, what, what were you listening to that started to make you want to play in a band? Well, guitar, you know, I, I, I realized pretty quickly that if I wanted to be in a band, yeah. you know, a, a uh, upright piano is not going to call. You know, I I can't push that around. I can't jump around. I can't sure. do the stuff. Uh, I want to. I want to be. I want to be the guys in the poster that I had in my room. Which you know, guys? Which I had uh, Aerosmith. I had. Yeah. Uh, you know. Steve, yeah. There was a particular poster. Uh, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry together on yeah. one microphone, sure. and I thought, wow. I don't know who I want to be. I, yeah. They were both so cool. Yeah. And so I kind of ended up being both in a yeah, way. Yeah, Singing and playing. Yeah. Well, 78 is when it really kicked in. Well, it was earlier than that. You know, me and my buddy uh, growing up in, in in the Downey area, we kind of both picked up the guitar at the same time. Yeah. And uh, we would push each other. Yeah. You know, hey, I show up at school. Hey, I learned this, and then he'd go, "Yeah, but I got this." Like, oh damn! Yeah, and you go back and okay, yeah, like this total <laughs> healthy competition yeah, yeah. of building each other up. And what happened to that guy? Uh, what uh, what happened? We had a falling out. It was uh, terrible over a lick. <laughs> Pretty much, it wasn't a girl. It wasn't a car. It wasn't anything. It was like, who's better? Right. I think that's what it was. Fuck you, man. There was another guy that came in, and you know, it's always when you get a triangulated triangulated relationship screws it all up oh yeah he says oh he says he's better than you and then you say better than him and then they started a fight and then and that was it stupid yeah. yeah so like aerosmith though like when like that first that first fucking aerosmith record i listened to that recently that it's so good man yeah. it's so dirty it's pretty raw and dirty yeah, and that's yeah. what i liked about them and my buddy 
who I was talking about, John was his name. Yeah. He loved Kiss and he liked Alice Cooper. So it was all the makeup kind of thing. And I loved this, the raw, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Aerosmith. I never and, liked the makeup. Yeah. Not much. I went and saw like Rush. Remember they were huge when we were in high school, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Who'd yeah. you see in high school? Well, I think my first, my first concert, my brother took me to, it was, uh, uh, the first concert ironically for me was Jethro Tull <laughs> yeah. and Uriah Heep opening. Yeah. 1978. <laughs> little, prog, little prog rock for you. And then, uh. Soon after that, it was you know I I'm I'm all about Aerosmith, so he got tickets. It was it was Aerosmith and ACDC. Holy shit! Seventy yeah. eight. Yep. Oh my god! So I saw Bon Scott, and I didn't even really realize it. I did too. Later. With Journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. And I was I was there to see Journey. Yep. It's fucked right. up. Like in retrospect. <laughs> I'm like I fucking can't believe that I was that guy. Yeah, but I think, and I think that uh, I talked to the, <laughs> I talked to the bass player of Journey, and he said that they were opening for ACDC, but I didn't remember it like that. Uh, I remember like watching Bond and being like, "What the fuck is this?" And then Journey comes on. Like I don't, it, it really, I, it, I've admitted it publicly, but I have a hard time admitting it publicly. Well, good for you. It's okay, man. That, How great is fucking Angus on guitar? He's awesome. And you know when people talk about uh, uh, us and yeah. our longevity, they're always saying, you know, so how long are you gonna go? And you're gonna be in your wheelchair and blah blah blah, and and you know, be like the Rolling Stones. It's like, well, okay, I I kind of get that. I get the 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 reference to the Rolling Stones, but you know, for us, we're we're a little more athletic, a little more, I mean, fast songs, I yeah, mean, really intense, yeah. So I say, you know, hey, look at Angus, all right? Yeah. <laughs> if that guy's up there and is, God, I don't know how old he is now, a few hundred years old, but he well, is yeah, unbelievable. Is he? We're, I'm 53. You're a month older than me. And so he's got to be 60, right? Got to be. At least. At least. Yeah. And he's up there just going, I mean, he, I don't know how he sweats so much. There's nothing to him. You know? Yeah. Uh, Have but, you played with them? Yes, we did. We did some shows with them, and they're unbelievable. Yeah, you know, they are friggin' powerful. And you think, uh, okay, this this is my this is the best song. This yeah. is my favorite song yeah. of theirs. And then, and then the next one comes yeah. like, oh, oh my god, I forgot that. <laughs> and the whole crowd is singing every word, yeah, yeah. and it's just yeah. what a great, great live band. Now, but like right around the time, it seems that the drive of what you were doing with the with the early Metallica stuff. I mean, that's like, you know, that was happening in punk rock music, but, mm -hmm. but you seem like your tastes were pretty mainstream, like with me. So when did that stuff start to enter the, the world? Yeah. Because we were up against disco too. If you were a sophomore at the oh, same yeah. time I was, like there was that moment where we had all the old guys, we had Zeppelin and Aerosmith and, and ACDC's first couple of records. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, that disco had to be killed. <laughs> that was the main objective. Right. Kill disco. It was kind of. Let's join up all the other kinds of music and let's kill the stuff it's right true. away. It's true. And yeah. then like New Wave came in before punk kind of, you know, mm. in like suburbia, like all of a sudden the Nax record and right. then like it, then then all of a sudden the Sex Pistols or whatever and then American punk. But like it was a real problem. Right. <laughs> well, I totally agree. And I remember that specifically to the degree that in my... I guess my high school yearbook. Yeah, there, you know, put your quote in there. Right. It says, you know, disco, <laughs> disco sucks <laughs> and long live rock. I mean, right. that that said it all for me right there. Right, uh, and there was there was kind of a there was a divide even in the rock world. You know, when you know I liked punk. Yeah, and I liked the new metal that I was discovering in high school. You know, Scorpions, Judas Priest, sure. things like that that were 
that were metal. And then I liked, you know, I liked, I liked, I loved the Ramones. Sure. They were, uh, so I'd had my Ramones glasses with my Scorpion shirt and I'd walk through the school and be hated by everyone. Nice. You know? you, didn't you fit did in, it. it. Didn't fit in anywhere. <laughs> and the rock star was born. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you know, rebellion started yeah. early. But I tell you the, uh, the cross, the crossing of those two musics made a lot of sense to me. So when I discovered Motorhead finally, that was kind of the ultimate. Like, yeah. okay, uh, I remember a going to see Motorhead yeah. somewhere here in L.A. And looking next to me, there's this guy with you know uh, a pink mohawk, yeah, and spikes, yeah. And I'm sitting here head banging, and we're getting along. Right. It's like, all right, maybe we can kill Disco yeah. together. <laughs> <laughs> you could, yeah. yeah. So that was it, huh? Motorhead was the bridge. It really was. It yeah. really was the you know between the two. And I was trying to figure out you know where do I belong because mm-hmm. you know I couldn't hang out with the rockers, couldn't hang out with the punk rockers either. So. It's so weird to grow up when we grew up because like that weird era, that time in music, you know, outside of like the Scorpions, and you remember when Van Halen one came out. Mm-hmm. Because oh, we yeah. were like sophomores, yeah. and that like eruption, like out of every Camaro, out of those Jensen triaxles, was just that fucking solo. And you're like, "What is that?" The hood, right? It's <laughs> right? unbelievable. I still get blown away by that record. Yeah, it's so alive sounding, so fresh, and so uh, just it's it oozes of youth and and just rebellion. Yeah, it, it sounds so great, and it was fun. Yeah. That was the weird thing. There was no darkness in it. It was like you know, like because David Lee Roth was almost like a clown, and it was <laughs> like it was fun. It was like a, it was almost like pop music, but they had this gnarly fucking guitar thing going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was it was party. It yeah, was definitely party it was music. A, it was it was and like and and we were up against <laughs> Foreigner. I mean, there was a lot of shit going on. Bob Seger. It was all like that whole fuck. It all happened when we were in high school. We were picking up. <laughs> Like this crashing wave of the fucking 60s and 70s. And then there's just like an eruption of prog rock garbage happened. Yeah. Sticks Grand Illusion. Yeah. Oh, oh God. my God. Yeah. <laughs> there's a. Yeah. Okay. There's a good guitar sound on that no, one. No, no, no. He's okay. like, he yeah. can play. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. On Renegade. Dun, 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 dun. That was all right. Oh, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to take anything. But what's his name? Tommy Shaw and the fellas. Right, right, right. No, no. I, you know, I know we're all in the same world, but it was, it was a weird time. There was a, there was a lot of music to listen to and a lot of different genres and whatnot going on. And yeah. Super my tramp. My buddy was Kiss. I was aerosmith yeah. and my other buddy was foreigner he said can't believe your favorite band is foreigner oh yeah like yeah Feels like the first like, time hmm, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. again yeah whatever <laughs> it served its purpose where does sabbath yeah. fall in oh they were that was before any of that stuff yeah yeah for sure for you yeah putting it on uh like i was telling you my brother uh he uh he was older than i yeah. he had his own he had a turntable he had all kinds of records and when he would be at school or college or wherever he went <laughs> yeah uh i was i was playing his albums just soaking it in and he's so lucky the big brother thing is like you know that's the gift very to, cool to have the guide yeah sabbath yeah. sabbath that first sabbath record i mean i just looked at the cover and freaked out yeah and then yeah. i started it you know yeah. and there's the rainstorm and oh my god What's happening? I, it scared me and i loved every minute of it man <laughs> So if it's going to scare me, it's definitely going to scare mom. <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> You're in your brother's room, I picture, just sort of like, I'll just oh, yeah. try it. You're alone. You're oh, yeah. Like, What's happening? Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Erase, erase. Ah, I can't go back. 
no going back. No going back. No going man. back. It's it's so weird because like I you know I came to a lot of that stuff so much later and I had to appreciate it as a grown up. But like I fucking love that stuff now. Mm. Sabbath or uh, four. What a great record that yeah, is. Yeah, the volume four, so cool. So, I mean, there's so many great riffs, and there's so many weird, so much weird stuff on there, too. And you're a riff guy. Oh, man. Like, yeah. you're you're the riff. Well. Like, I mean, in a way, though, right? I mean, I, that, you're yeah. the, that's the. Well, and there under that, it says riff life. That Does it really? Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that, and Sabbath really kind of like that. That's what that that's what that's about. No doubt about it. Yeah. The, the song was the riff. And right. If you didn't have a good riff, it wasn't a great song. Right. Simple as that. And Tony Iommi, the riff master of all time, forever. And and uh, we all we all bow to him and try to be him. And you've worked with him. Yep. Was sure it great have. when you first met him? Like oh. how, that must be the amazing thing like, to have to grow up when we did, and then to be playing with your heroes. It is crazy. I've got plenty <laughs> of pictures of me. You know, I got a picture of me standing next to Steven Tyler, meeting him for the first time. Yeah, and he's just like, "Hi," and yeah. I'm like, ah! "You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 friggin' yeah. fanboy right, going right. nuts." Yeah, and, and same with Ted Nugent, and same with Tony Iommi. Uh, he was just, but he was the epitome of cool. He's yeah, just. He's he's writing the ugliest, darkest riff yeah. ever. Yeah, and he's hello, how are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a friendly, super nice guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So you and I have uh, something in common, and it's fairly um, uh, public and self-professed anger issues. <laughs> no. Yes. I do not. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. All gone. <laughs> but do you like? Because like I was starting to think about the music and, and getting heady about it, about how. You know, when you're younger, you know, and the anger is actually active in the music, you know, it's relieving. And then, like, for, helpfully, as you get older, you at least get that thing wrangled and you can draw from it a little more consciously hmm. and, and a little more like, you know, it doesn't have to to drive you. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I can kind of feel that, that like you can still speak to it, but it has more range in a way because it's not crippling you. Exactly. That's a great word. Crippling. Yeah. Instead of crippling, it's, uh, it's just the, it's, <laughs> it's like the evil twin that's just sure. with you all the time. Right. But you know how to deal with it. Right. When it's did, like, when did it start uh, revealing itself to you? You know, when you were younger, when did you like first realize you were pissed off? Mm. Was there well, an event? I think it 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 slowly built. I yeah. think religion was kind of the start of it. That would Christian say. scientists. I didn't really believe what they were they were teaching me. Yeah, um, and it didn't work for me. It didn't make any sense. Well, it's kind of a, a crazy. There's some parts of it that are crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't go to the doctor. Well, don't. The f- yeah, yeah. Don't go. Even if you were deathly ill or yeah, like both my parents passed uh, of the, cancer yeah. in front of me, that was probably the most angry I'd been. You Re- know? Like later in life? No. I was 16 when my mom, my mother passed away. 13, I would say. Well, my parents met because of the church. Yeah. And my dad was the equivalent of a minister in the church. Right. So very active in it. And yeah, Sunday school was part of my regiment. And um, at that point in wherever we went, it wasn't really... Uh, so were um, your brothers part of it too? I mean, like... Uh, like they were already kind of... They were old older. enough to not... No, oh, yeah. And it my, was just the three of you guys? Yeah. I have a younger sister too. Uh-huh. So we'd be in uh, Sunday school and yeah. it was... 
it just it wasn't fun it wasn't like it was teaming with lots of youth and kids yeah, yeah, and having yeah. fun and you right. know it was it it was like being at school again and right. oh you got to learn this and right. learn this at least that was my perception yeah and later on i kind of realized that that was that was part of my dad's journey you know that was what helped keep him on the straight and narrow but when he would talk to me, it would be in scripture, you know, if, you know, oh, I got a question about life, you know, okay, let's read about it. Oh, Bible, really? And that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and you're you like, know, but wait, that doesn't help me. Should I fuck her? <laughs> <laughs> they can't Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> Is that a, how do you put a rubber on? What is a rubber? You know, you know yeah, any of that stuff. It right. was, I mean, I wasn't asking my dad stuff sure, like yeah, that, yeah. but, uh, you know, whenever you did something wrong that's what happened you so went to it, scripture yeah it kind of sounds it seemed like a, a punishment you know right so there's no communication no not at all uh but but that was his way of communicating and i get it now yeah okay because me being in recovery and you know having a certain language sure you know when my kids stumble across something and i just tell them a little story about me or something right and the dad we're not in therapy yeah yeah <laughs> okay sorry yeah. you're right yeah you're right i'm doing it again right stop that right you know, i'll just listen I'll right listen to you guys you know well that's definitely something you learn in recovery that moment when you when you're hearing someone's story and you get moved by it mm. like that moment where we're we're uh, I, i'm open about it. It, it and you just brought it up but i i, I break that tradition is that uh, you know that you know what happened. Uh, you know what it was like. What happened, and what what, what it's like now. That mm-hmm. that structure, mm-hmm. but that moment where where they gets over, and I'm I'm, I'm always like, oh good. You know, like it always gets me, <laughs> and it taught me how to be empathetic. Right. Yeah, that's something that I was I was lacking as well. It was a, it was kind of I had to fight for what I could get. You know, yeah. And because I wasn't happy in the family, you know, I couldn't express my anger health in a, in a healthy way. Even you know, right. I couldn't go against because. That would be really, really bad. Then I'd yeah. get double the scripture or whatever it was. Right. You know? And uh, it was, it was, it, it felt really elite, like an eliteness, like we're better than other people because we believe this. Oh, they're, they're, they believe these lies and these lies and this and that. And so it, it, it was a little cultish, at least in my mind. I know there's plenty of people out there that, uh, that religion and religion in general works for them. Uh, I understand the, the the concept of a higher power, and it does work for me. Sure, but religion itself fucked me up, right. and uh, especially that one when I was young. And well, if you see your parents, your or family members get ill and refuse to see a doctor, just that element of it. I mean, yeah. that's like it, it's beyond reason. Yeah. So the pain of that. Well, a lot of things happened around that. You know, my my father left when I was thirteen. Didn't say goodbye, didn't do anything, just took off. And, you know, that's not, that doesn't sound Christian to me. You know, really? What, what's going on here? You know, uh, no and, contact or uh, about a year later. Oh my God. Yeah. You're 13. Yeah. What the fuck? And then my mom uh, it took it really difficult. You know, she was, you know, she all of a sudden had to start working. You know, she wasn't getting any money in, and so she went back to the art that she had done before and and helped the the family along. As what good was she? As she what could. kind of art? She was a painter. Oh yeah. Uh, but then uh, in, interior design. She uh-huh. did she did logos, things like that. Which oh yeah. Kind of makes sense. Like graphic design. Kind yeah, of stuff? graphic design. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and then uh, yeah, she got sick with cancer, and you know, we we watched her pass away in front of us. You know, and no medicine. No, oh. no, no. The religion 
talks about, you know, if you acknowledge that you're ill, that's part of letting in, you know, the, the thing that will, will make you ill. So not so much, I guess, you know, I, it sounds like denial to me, but not, not allowing that truth in, you know, keeping a positive approach to it and sure heal, you know, healing thyself and through the higher power and all that. And it, it didn't, what? seem to be working you what, know? what are the what are the uh what barometer do they use to judge that as working after mm. a certain i would think that after a number of people pass away in a community eventually yeah. you'd be like yeah, maybe we'll go, we'll go medicine it's not yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. well you know, at least what I believe now, and yeah. it's, it's just what I believe. Yeah. It's not gospel whatsoever. Is you know, higher power gave us knowledge on how to, he you know, help ourselves. That's right. Yeah. So that made sense to me, but you know, her passing made me really pissed. Made right. Me really pissed at and, religion. Yeah. Well, not just that, but at um, you know, my father leaving Ugh. and you know, causing that to happen. You know, I blamed that, and then what. What did I do wrong? What what could I have done? You know, I'm the man of the house at 13, and you know, just a lot of uh, a lot of things that uh, I had to work through. Yeah, you had to excavate all that grief and anger. Yep, sad, the pain. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, ton tons of it. And I tell you, music was the thing that that's always where I would go. I could escape to that. It made me feel better. It made me. Uh, it was speaking, it was, it was speaking the words that I didn't know how to say. And it was, uh, uh, it was just, uh, it was, it was, it was an escape. I could put the headphones on and be in a better place. Sure. And when did the, when the booze start? Yeah, that started when I moved in with my brother. Um, After your mom passed? Yeah. And uh-huh. your dad, you, did you, did you resume communication with him or? I was not, I was not, not in that place. Nah. I was not. My sister was. Yeah. And she was able to to reconcile and 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 go live with him. So uh, through my uh, half a junior and, and senior year, moved schools and lived with my brother. That's when the music really started kicking in. Yeah, and that's when I would go watch other musicians locally, and that's where you know first beers kind of showed up. Like, yeah, here, yeah. have a beer, you know, and uh, and then along with the the smell of the burning amps yeah. and all of that stuff, yeah. the smell of the beer was yeah. also great. Yeah, you know? and, and it just kind of fit in with everything, you know. Yeah, and then the first band. When did? How old were you? <clears throat> well, um, I was. Yeah, that was uh, probably my junior year. Uh, it was just before my mom passed. Yeah, I got in a band. It was called Obsession, and. We've had a long list of cool cover songs that we were doing, you know, me and the Velos brothers and a guy named Jim. Yeah. Uh, we were in their garage, uh, and, uh, in Downey. Yeah. And we would just play all night and have fun. We'd do Thin Lizzy songs, Robin Trower. We had Black Sabbath, um, uh, UFO. Yeah. Um, Man, uh, a huge list. Good we list. We had about 40 songs yeah. that we could play. We played maybe three parties yeah. max. <laughs> so, yeah. but Not a dance band, per se. Not so much. <laughs> it was hang around the keg and, you know, rock yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, man. So now when you started, because it seems to me that like there, there uh, another question I had in listening to the record and listening to all this stuff is that there seems to be themes that that moved through metal and and through your music and like the the sort of pushing back 
against uh, you know dogma, religion, authority, and that stuff has always been a rebellious thing in, in rock and roll. But the, it, this comes from a specific experience mm -hmm. yeah. that you know your distrust of uh, of religion and and uh, you know uh, order, right, right, and and that and that I think that you guys sort of established a lot of the themes like you know despair paranoia <laughs> insanity like you know, yeah. well yeah. all that fun stuff we all like to live in and you know i tell you what it is is if i can get it out of my head yeah it makes it better right and, right and better out than in because if i can put it into a song and question it you know i have no answers i got a lot of questions and actually i think i people when uh, when someone identifies with your question, it's it's better than them t telling you the answer. Actually, right? You know, I identify with that question. I don't know. Let's find out together, or yeah. let's just ponder it together. Yeah. You know, that's that's a higher power showing up, at least for me. Yeah. So when the fans understand that question as well, it makes me feel okay, and that's all I really kind of want. Right. <laughs> is to feel okay and feel validated and feel like I belong. Yeah. So that's what these lyrics do. Isn't that funny, though, like about how, because my dad wasn't absent, but he was certainly detached mm -hmm. and volatile. That's absent. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I don't know that I've fully processed it, right. you know, like that, um, the, the selfishness of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that that sort of like, you know, one way, you know, either, you know, if they're gone, they're gone. But then there's the other kind that sort of erase you yep. while you're there. Yeah, yeah, totally. I yeah. mean, it's it's tearing you down. Right. It's not like, okay, they're not there. I'm starting to heal. I'm starting to process because it's not still happening. Right, right. right. Yeah, because they're just always there and you're reacting to, like reacting to an absence and then, or is it probably a little different than reacting to like, I don't know what he's going to do. What, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck's gonna oh, happen totally yeah. and living in it you know and it's not uh, uh you're not alone there because i think a lot of that generation gosh it was it was kind of not i don't want to say passive aggressive but it was aggressive aggressive yeah <laughs> <laughs> why and am selfish. i laughing i'm sorry for laughing uh, no it's but yeah uh you didn't know what was going to happen yeah that was the thing you know that that you know cliche wait till your father gets home it's like right oh shit nothing scared me more than that right because he was the dealer of punishment right you know all the stuff that i had done throughout the day mom checked it off and wrote it down and then handed it to him and you know what a fucking shitty job yeah to do you come home after working your ass off and you get handed a list of all the shit that happened and you gotta deal out some whatever right. lashes with the belt or whatever you know in my case so that sucked i'm yeah. sure it sucked for him yeah uh and it sucked for me <laughs> yeah and probably for my mom because yeah. she couldn't deal with us I, and it, uh, you know it's tough it's tough and i like i never got it together to, <clears throat> to have kids either but i imagine like because my brother has three kids, I imagine that you, as a father, you've got to sort of approach this with sort of like, well, I don't have a template for this. <laughs> I got no, they, they got no good experience around this particular job, so you right. got to renavigate. Well, I have to ask questions. I yeah. got a lot of good buddies that oh, really? you know, we're in the same boat, yeah. And it's okay to ask for help, 
You know, yeah. it's like, man, my kid's doing this. What, you know, what <laughs> have you, you ever do? experienced that? And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so there's good stuff like that, that yeah. I don't think my father did. You know, he, I don't yeah. think he sat around with his buddies going, gosh, my son's having trouble with, you know, math and he's <laughs> lashing out and, this, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so I think the template that you talked about, I think I had a template of what not to do. Right. But I didn't really have the template of what to do, yeah. so it was at least a good start. Yeah, like I'm going to break this cycle. I don't want I don't want this happening, but I don't want to go the exact opposite way, which tends to happen yeah. as well. Yeah. And how's it going? It's it's going better. How many you day. got? <laughs> uh, kids? Yeah. Uh, I got three. Oh yeah, three beautiful children. Uh, yeah, beautiful wife. We've been you know first and only wife. Been married for over 19 years and. We've got an 18-year-old daughter who's in college now. I've got a, a 16-year-old boy yeah. uh, who's completely awesome and That's very crazy. expressive. I have a, a, a daughter, a younger daughter, who is 14, and, you know, she's a, a girl in high school, first year of high school, and there's a lot of, lot of questions, a lot of, you know, slow processing going on, and she's she's right in the middle of it. Uh-huh. Um, but she is awesome. I mean, Dude, I have three healthy, beautiful, great kids. Well, that's that's good. Um, congrat- congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I imagine with that last one, it's a lot of like, well, maybe I'll talk to your mom about that. You know, she <laughs> gravitates to me. I oh mean, yeah, there's something. I tell you, yeah. Between a father and a daughter, there's yeah. some there's some magic. Yeah. Uh, not that it isn't with my son, but right. he'll go to mom. Oh, know? really? That's just, that's just kind of how it is, I think. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be, Yeah, yes. That's but, great. Um, but yeah, growing up, watching them learn and discover and love music their own way. Yeah. You know? Are they introducing you to oh. stuff? Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 Whether I like it or not. No. Right. <laughs> right. Good stuff, bad stuff, and just <laughs> out there stuff. And <laughs> I love watching them enjoy music. That's, mm-hmm. that's the coolest thing. Yeah. Where they just they get so into it it's like oh man that's what it's about yeah i don't care what it sounds like but look what it's doing to you yeah that is cool and when you like when you play now i mean like you like you said are you when you guys going on tour we kind of are already yeah it's i don't know it's this like it's slowly happening but I, i think next year is when we really start touring and do you have to like get into shape yeah i have to yeah (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like I imagine it's quite a process for what you guys do. Mental, physical, spiritual, all that. Yeah. Mind, body, yeah, got to get into shape. And because when you're out there, there's a lot of things coming at you. And, um, you know, at least for myself, uh, you know, surround myself with people that get what I need. Yeah. You know, they're not yes men by any means. They call me out on shit, which I need. You bring sober guys with you? Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I need that. Yeah. And, uh I I need someone on the tour where at 3 a.m. you can take a knock at the door and let me in. Yeah, yeah. And like not so much talk me off the ledge, but you know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, yeah. I feel like doing this because I'm fucking bored or anything, whatever it is. Sure. Oh no, absolutely, dude. So age appropriate touring for us looks like two weeks at a time. Oh yeah, two weeks out, two weeks at home. Yeah, you know, trying to balance. Yeah, both both uh, both loves in our lives, and uh, you know, gosh, how long have you been married? Uh, yeah, nineteen years. So she went through all the shit with you. Yep, she walked through fire right next to me. That's amazing. Yeah, 
I I threw her in the fire a few times too. Well, yeah, how are you not going to do that? Yeah, that because that's what that that's what the brain does. Like, and I notice it even now. It's sort of like I feel like shit. So now I'm just going to rope a dope her emotionally. Mm. You know, as she tries to help. And then you're just sort of like, nope, nope. And then when, right when they break, you're like, yeah, now look where we are. Yay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look what I did to you too, Yeah, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, someone trying to help you and you making them think they're crazy. Yeah. You know, nope, I, I never said that or I wasn't doing that or no, don't know who she is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I don't know whose bottle that is. Yeah, you know, yeah, no. yeah, you know. yeah. And they just take it until they can't. And I imagine you had that moment where you're like, no, this is all going to go. And, then, <laughs> and, and that's the best thing that ever happened to me. I tell <laughs> right, you. Right, right. <laughs> when, the, when the, you know, the two me's collided, yeah. you know, the road me and the home me yeah. collided. Man, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And the most horrible feeling. And, you know, now the best thing that ever happened. Oh, good for you, man. Good for you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> well, hats off to her because she put up with the shit and she, she's been a good mentor for me in life too. Uh, she's very balanced, very even keeled and it drives me nuts. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the opposites do attract. And at some point we, we just had to realize that, you know, we're, we, we got to respect each other because we can help each other. Sure. Here. I can help you loosen up and be a little stupid, and you can help me get my shit together and be responsible. <laughs> yeah. and, and obviously, you had the love there that was deep enough to 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 survive it. Yeah, that's the fucking beautiful thing for sure. Yeah. And then and then our both our backgrounds, you know, not dissimilar, but uh, oh, she comes from the shit. Different, yeah. yeah you know, uh, yeah. kind of invisible kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Invisible kid and not really, uh, not really cared for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So it matched up. And once you get healthy, you get healthy together. It works out. Yep. It's that weird challenge of like, you know, kind of like having to impress this father that stinks <laughs> in your head. <laughs> like, it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, but I, like every man has that. It's so weird. I used to like, do a joke about it. It was never got a laugh. I used to say, I think that every father son relationship on some level is a battle to the death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and until you both die it's gonna go on you yeah know? that's right <laughs> you, you, like you get to a certain age where you're like you better go first yeah, yeah. it's so dark oh, it's crazy i tell you it's i still battle with him you know it's dumb voices appear in my head and it's like wait who's who's that you really who's, you gotta, who's talking to me you right gotta now? separate him out oh yeah yeah. Does that does that come into the songwriting at all? Oh hell yeah! Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 again part of the therapy yeah. of, of music for me. And have you made all your amendses oh, from sure. the past again and again and again? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I I I think I've, I'm I'm pretty clean. Yeah, I think I'm pretty clean right now. But you know, there's always something. I talked. to You know who I had in here? I had Scott Ian in here. Awesome. He's a sweet guy. Oh, he's awesome. You know, and I had and I had another. I had to load up on that metal. You know, <laughs> he's quite a character. Man. Yeah. And a sweet guy. Oh, man. Very earnest dude. You know what he's I mean? He's very down to earth. Yeah. He's uh, he loves his music. He knows a lot about it. And he's he's got a great memory and a lot of cool stories. He and also he he spoke so highly of that that I guess you guys did some things together. The big four. Yeah. I'm not, 
Yeah. And like he he was like it was almost like moved me to tears when he was talking about the you know it was who was it you Anthrax Megadeth and Slayer yep and you're all backstage together and he had this moment where like it, it, <laughs> it, was, it was like it, 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 it teared me up a little bit that you guys were like you could all be in your own success and be together yeah. and it'd be all right yep you exactly. know what I mean and the fact that. You know, it, it blew my mind. It it really started with the kind of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction idea. And, yeah. You know, getting nostalgic. Yeah. You know, and thinking, my God, uh, look at all the people that have helped us along the way and look who are still around. Yeah. Let's say thank you to them. And so the big four was kind of that thing. You yeah. Know, we're all still playing after 30, whatever it was, 32 years. Let's go get do a gig together. I mean, why shouldn't we? Let's celebrate the fact that we're still alive and playing music that we love. Yeah. And um, you know, uh I think the all the other thing was the new wave of British heavy metal. That's yeah. all I ever hear about. Yeah. The no album, the blah yeah. blah blah. You know, what about the big four? Yeah. No one knows the big four. Come on, let's make it known. Yeah. Let's make some history here and let people know and put a mark there that hey, the big four was and uh you know, is a force to be reckoned with. And you delivered the goods. Yeah, we loved it. We had yeah. a blast. And Mustaine and you guys are good? Yeah, there's no reason to not be good. Yeah, you know, yeah. at this point, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we've all, we've all friggin' fell off the wagon. We've all gone into the ditch. We've yeah. all got back on track. And we've all learned from our stuff. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just journeys. Everyone's doing a different journey. And... Why would you hold a grudge with someone or, or vice right. versa, you know? And you all been through tragedies. Like yeah. you got, you know, you got, you know, real rock and roll tragedies, you lost a cliff and all that stuff mm -hmm. and your own accidents and shit. I mean, you guys really lived the life. And I imagine when, when you survive it at a certain point, all whatever that personal bullshit is, got to fall away. I, I uh, you know, I've seen some kind of light around that yeah. because I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was a part of that realization that you know when we were up there and seeing you know ozzy is sitting at one table Shaking. and the rest of black <laughs> yeah, sabbath yeah. at the other table yeah. and they don't want to jam together and they're being inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame so we go up and we play a song we play black sabbath songs for them yeah and that was beautiful for us yeah but it was sad to see that i'd rather see you guys play you know? yeah yeah whatever it is oh yeah they can't get past put it, it away please I get it. I get it. it's hard to get past stuff, but there's stuff in my life I thought I could never get over. Like you know? what? Oh, just fights with Lars about shit, and yeah. you know, you know, we're brothers. Yeah, you know, right. And, and I'm thinking, you know, this is it. No friggin' way. I'm doing. You know, I can't get past this. I can never look at him again. And then a month later. <laughs> You're writing hardwired together, you know, and you're making the best record of your life. It's like, dude, it works. All right. Yeah, yeah. Just see past that shit. Go big picture. Whatever it is you need to do, you can get past the most unbelievable places uh, that, you you know, you think you can never get out of. Well, so, so it's a choice, right? Right. Right. That's and the it, weird thing that you realize. You and my wife will tell me yeah. that it's a choice. She'll say, hey, you know. I'll, I'll, you know, it's over. You yeah, know, forget yeah, it. Yeah. I can't work together. Yeah. And, uh, and she'll go, yeah, yeah, mm, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. you say that now. Yeah. And I, no, no, no. This is. It. I feel it. This is. I can't. I can't get over this. And 
and it's unbelievable what you can get over. So seeing that or like the Van Halen's up there or the, you know, Blondie had a moment where it was like, oh my God. Or, you know, you look at like Roger Waters and... Uh, I just talked to him. Oh, come on, you guys. You know, well, see, such and, beautiful music. And, and you then, know, you feel it too, dude, when you're sitting there with them. And just like you now, when you have that moment where you're like, nope, no, like on some level, because we're, we're men, all we want to do is just cry. You know, it's like, you know there's a, it's a sadness like it's like almost childish very yeah and and like you know if we just fucking bawled a minute quietly it'd be like we'd be all right yeah it's like holding on to this it's a sad sort of like childish thing man we are you're stuck in that moment of that and you're reliving it that's resentment and you can't you just can't but if you know what works for me yeah. know, with Lars yeah. we just sit down and just start talking about our kids that's where we'll start uh-huh. and that's a that's a completely loving place to start right we'll talk about that and then all of a sudden it's like fuck dude you know i i'm sorry i did this and that yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden <laughs> you're back right there Ooh, like that like a guy yeah you know yeah you know ego deflated that's done. right out of the way fear done out of the way and now you can move on. Well, what are, what are, like, what are, what are, because I always wonder that about bands, because I, I, I know that the relationship has to get strained, but even when I saw Deep Purple inducted and Richie's not, you know. Right. It's like, what? Why? Yeah. What could be, what could be the fucking, at this age? Right. You know? But like, I, I guess these are, it is, it's emotional. It's not creative. Right. Right. Man, it is such a wall. It's such a block. It's such a uncreative thing, you know, to be right. stuck in that prison of resentment, you know. Uh, and it, yeah, okay, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's not like you're being led into heaven or something. Right, it's right. It's just an acknowledgement of your stuff that you've done together. But the fact that you can't be there for that at the same time is sad. It is sad, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let me uh, let's get back, get to back to music for a minute because I wanted to talk about the role of uh, you know the uh, producer. I talked to Keith Richards about uh, what's his name Jimmy Miller. Like there's a shift. Like the Black Album was a shift for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the producer, definitely. And like who was producing before? Was it you guys? I mean, like who was like what was the big change that you had to open yourself up to when you you make a decision to change your your sound in a way? Yeah, I think it was us, us driving the sh- driving the boat yeah. there. Uh, Fleming Rasmussen, who worked on the first albums, except Kill 'Em All, uh, he was the engineer that could get sounds. He was, right. you know, a semi producer. Right, you know, he'd say, eh, "Not so good," you know. Right, and we were okay. Well, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, and, uh, we were driving that ship until you know, in Justice for All, we realized that you know we need some help. Yeah, the album doesn't sound great. Songs are good, but, you know, we're mixing this record as we're on the Monsters of Rock tour. Our ears are blown out. Right. We can't decide what sounds good and doesn't anymore. Yeah. Um, so after that, we decided we need we need some help. Yeah. We need a producer, and that's when Bob Rock came into the picture. And he was like a, a, a kind of a, a guy who dealt with the, the, the type of music you guys respected. Yeah, you know, we liked his sounds. That yeah. was the main thing. You know, you actually have, like, there's a physical, even if you're in your car, 
like mm. the the Metallica music. It's like it's hitting you. That's the best place <laughs> yeah. in a car. Yeah, the best. That's you the feel- best place to listen to music in general. Yeah, really. because you're like you're a hero. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're like you know, it's like it's, oh, you're in it. Yeah, you're living in. You know, it's in a space. Yeah, but there's not. You know, it doesn't have to be anyone else in it. That's you know? right. The best time. You're on stage right in there, no <laughs> exactly. matter what you're playing. Yeah. But did he like like how did he work? Like what was it that? I was able to explain to him what I was after. Yeah. And he was able to to get that, put it into uh, whatever knob language. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I knew what sound I wanted and yeah. I've always been chasing it. And I still am. You know, the next record's going to sound better. I'll tell you. The one after I'm, the one you just put out? Exactly. <laughs> that one's going to have a better guitar sound. <laughs> yeah. It is. Because, you know, as a riff guy, it's like I'm chasing the unreachable sound, probably. Yeah. Uh, uh, but all those records coming up to then I was trying to get what I wanted and he helped me get it a little more. Uh, right. So the layering, I mean, the, the harmonies and vocally for sure. That's when I think Bob rock, uh, really, really helped me, uh, uh, is in the vocal department. You know, he, no one ever before would it would say you know that doesn't sound very good or how about trying this or yeah. that doesn't that word doesn't sing right you know? right uh yeah, how about this harmony try this and so i you know i remember the when he said okay at the end of this part while there's a guitar solo going on just throw a couple ad libs out there it's like what what's it what's that you mean like you know talking come on baby or something you know what what am i supposed to say yeah you know yeah and that was that was when I realized, man, you're you're kind of closed minded here. You need to kind of open up a little bit. And, you know, like at, I think the end of Sandman was yeah. the thing, you know, you know, often never, never land doing, you know, just some things that kind of tail off and, yeah. you know, just be loose like you're, you know, playing live. Or yeah, something, yeah. You know, OK, now I get it. So, yeah. I mean, I think everyone that we've worked with has tried to get us to sound like we do live, you know? Yeah. Well, that's it. That's the big business, the live. Yeah. Well, trying to, I, I don't know if it's actually, you know, mistakes and all, but that feeling of it's on, you yeah. know, you're gelling, it, the, everything is electric. Right. And having, trying to recreate that in the studio is, is not super easy, especially when you're working in there for over a year, you know? Right. Exactly. And a lot of times you're not there at the same time, I imagine, or you're like you're doing tracks on overdubbing and, and whatever, like you're not in the room together. And I know people record like that, but it's must be sort of a chore. Yeah. Well, we do do that. You yeah. know, we write and, and record the basic tracks all together. And on this record, especially, you know, having Greg there at the beginning, uh, we were able to get great sounds, Greg. right? Greg Fiddleman, yeah, the producer, along with uh, Lars and myself, he was able to get great sounds at the beginning, yeah, because we did it at HQ, which is our home sanctuary. And that's your yeah. label, right? Right, yeah, in America, it yeah. is. Um, so we everything we played was was album quality, right? So there are guitar tracks on there that were first, second, third take, possibly some are overdubs, some are not, you know. So um, it was just just a newer in different way that's probably the most different uh on this album from compared to the other in albums. terms of working yeah yeah now when you look out at the crowd now like who do you see you see guys our age <laughs> young guy like what's i do it? i see guys our age i see guys older i see you know what blows my mind is i see young girls in the front yeah you know and they're in the front yeah. i remember 
you know, when I'd go to any gig, there's no way girls were even, they weren't even near the front. Right. Because it was too brutal. Right. But, but I tell you, whether it's how they do the barricades now or whatnot, and we have our own special way, but uh, it's less brutal. So you get all kinds up there. I mean, I see father, sons up in the front and daughters. And right. It's, it's anybody and everybody. Everybody is certainly welcome. And no one, ha- there's, there's not like a, you know, it used to be, here's your dress code, show up, and that's that. Right. But now. Loosened dude, up a little? A little bit, you know. <laughs> uh, you got, you know, guys just come off of work and they're whatever, still got their handcuffs on their uh, on their briefcase, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And they're at the gig and you've got guys that, you know, just whatever, just walked in from the, you know, the auto shop. And you've got kids and grandpas and three generations of people showing up. That's how it, long you've been at it. That's, that's great. beautiful. It is. It is super beautiful. And what I get to do from up there is look out. And watch these people enjoy the music and see how they react. How do they? How are they taking this in? And why the hell do you like this song? Really? You know, we're playing Master of Puppets, and you're a little girl out there going, "Master!" You know, what is it? What is it for you? And it doesn't matter. She's there and she's enjoying it. And but you it, do ask those questions. I do all the time. <laughs> are you sure you like this? Someone's just fucking with us. I know it. I'm gonna wake up and this is all gonna be a. A huge punk. Oh, that's interesting. James Effley, you've been punked. Well, that's, <laughs> but but that's the thing about the about the lyrics and the way you write and the, when you talk about questions and about how much of the stuff is almost a, a, a call and response to you know these the you know those feelings that you know that they may be more present when you're younger but they don't go away right. and certainly if you grew up with them with you guys and now that you have kids and stuff you know those feelings you revisit them in a, in in almost a, a fun way right like you know i remember when i wanted to kill everybody yeah that was, <laughs> when i was your age i wanted to just kill and yeah now, now like now it's just fun now i only want to kill half the people that's progress dude that's awesome <laughs> i would love to see like a father and son at your show that must be really kind of touching oh it's super cool <laughs> yeah it's super cool and of course you know the kid gets uh, uh showered with gifts of picks and drumsticks and yeah. sweatbands and here you go you know yeah yeah and, and i here's kirk's guitar yeah, i'll give it to him <laughs> He's you know. got hey, wait, 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 wait. yeah <laughs> what was the uh you did that album with lou right yeah, yeah. Like, how did, like, you know, that was an interesting thing. You know? <laughs> it was very interesting, <laughs> no doubt. Because, you know, like, he, he you know, he's definitely, like, it was, it makes sense, you know, for him. And and I just wonder, how did that come to, to happen? It made sense for us, too. Yeah. At the beginning, it was, I mean, just jamming with anybody, recording with someone else, that was, that was weird. Like, and it's well, Lou what? Reed. What? Yeah, what? yeah. What do you mean, you know? And, uh, you know, our, uh, our management is in New York. Yeah. Uh, we went, I don't know what, it, what, it, I can't remember what we were doing. I think it was a, uh, oh, I know it was, um, celebrating 25 years of the rock and roll hall of fame. Uh, we were hosts of one night and we were picking out artists that had been in the rock or, or, or in the rock and roll hall of fame and played. Um, and Lou Reed was there and he, from down the hallway, he yelled, hey, Metallica, I love you guys. We should do an album together one day. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, see Lou. Ya. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Lou. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, we get a call from management, you know, saying, hey, Lou's serious. He wants to do an album. And we 
we didn't know what to think about it. It's like, all right, what's he got in mind? You know what they thought that could be a really cool idea. You did the sweet, you did Sweet Jane live, right? Was that what you played live with him? Like, uh, like on the on that show, the uh, what was it, the award show that you're talking about? Didn't you jam with him somewhere? Or yep, am I making that exactly? Up? No, that is true. That's true. Was it Sweet Jane? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, so that's where it came from. Right, and he was. Uh, he came to us basically with lyrics yeah. from a play that he had written. He had all these intense lyrics. Yeah. So this was a first for us to sit and write l- music behind a set of lyrics. Right. Because uh, that's not how we operate. Yeah. But it was really cool, and it was it was you know it was definitely a in the studio jam kind of feel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Lou was from that school right that ilk of you know back in the 60s or 70s you jammed it you recorded it and then you're done right you know yeah yeah hey let's try that again nope they're like <laughs> i just did it like, okay okay i get it <laughs> right, right lou has spoken We're it's, done. A, it's an interesting album it's a good record i think it's super interesting yeah and as a standalone piece in our career i think i'm super grateful that we got to do it at, at lou and his is that time of life you know, uh, we learned a lot from him. He yeah. was a pretty, pretty cool guy. And let me tell you, if you, you know, rock and roll re- rebelliousness, yeah. it dead. was in him. You, what'd no you learn about it? Like in, in, in the sense of like, what'd you take away from it? Because uh, I'm a huge Lou Reed fan. Well, yeah. The, hey, I sang it. Yeah. That's a moment. Yeah. I can't do that again. He, he would say that. Yeah. I can't do that again. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And okay. you're like, you're like, what? You Is can't... that okay? <laughs> Is that okay to do that? He just left, you know? <laughs> wow. Okay. So being in the moment. Very much in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. Oh, when you're doing interviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when the interviewee starts asking questions, look out. Yeah. And especially if it's Lou Reed, because man, he <laughs> tore some people apart. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, he definitely had some trust issues. He didn't trust a lot of people. So he would grill you until you crumbled and then he could trust you. you right. This is like that dynamic we were talking about yeah. earlier where yeah. you like, get down to my level. Exactly. Like, hey, I want to see you a little weaker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little exactly. too cocky right now. Very true. Uh-huh. Very true. But he, he was a real honest guy. Yeah. A real honest guy. Uh, and I really appreciate the fact that he got us out of our little box of oh, yeah. metal you know yeah were you did you did you take his music into consideration ever earlier were you a fan no i wasn't i know cliff burton was certainly a fan yeah. velvet underground oh yeah cliff liked a lot of a lot of crazy psycho stuff yeah <laughs> he seemed like a pretty special guy oh absolutely yeah. yeah um well look man i hope i did all right you did awesome uh, i didn't ask you any questions did i <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's funny because like some guys like yeah, I, I don't I just like to have a conversation, you know. But like I had Neil Young in here, and uh, you know I, I was just wrestling with like you know what, do I, what am I going to start with? You know I, I like Neil Young, but you know you, when you have a musician over, you know especially at a certain age, you know you know those five records, right? But then there's right. fifty, yeah, and then you're like, well, I can't fucking do, it. yeah. So like I. <laughs> <laughs> you know i love that because i i, I totally get you yeah yep. but like i figure like i got this little 58 fender deluxe amp here and i know he plays through things like that yep. so i'm like i'm gonna start with gear and we'll just open it up and i'll we'll see where it goes and he gets in here and i basically go like yeah it's a 58 deluxe i think you you play with one of those and he looks over he goes like nah, i don't know i guess and i'm like no. <laughs> <laughs> 
I guess. Well, I, I knew he like, knew. He was he was doing that thing though. He was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna break him a little bit, and then like something happened. And it was like, I don't know if it was an interview or what, but he was having a great time. And a lot of times with these things, people who are fans of people, you know, they already know everything. Mm. So if they can just hear the guy as the guy, yeah. they're like, he, Neil does Pilates? You know, like that? <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Really? He does. Yeah. He brought that up. Wow. How long you got sober? Uh, 15. Wow. Days? No. Oh, geez. Years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. It feels good, right? Don't even joke about that. No, you yeah. can't, right? About Fifteen years. Oh, it feels great. Good, it feels man. really good. Well, and it's a daily, daily thing. The daily reprieve. Absolutely. One day oh, at a time. Don't yeah, good, man. And uh, again, like I, I love the new record, and I, I liked listening to the old records. It was great talking to you. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. See that? I think we covered some stuff, found some commonality, worked it out. Again, the new Metallica record. Hardwired Self-Destruct, available now. I'd like to thank James for coming by. It was fun. Uh, go to WTFPod.com for all your WTF Pod needs. Sorry, no guitar playing. I'm, uh, I'm waiting for my flap to take on the tip of my finger. Boomer lives!